Lord, we thank you that we can come together today. We thank you that uh, we can come and just examine your word, Lord, and find out who we are in you. And we pray your presence here, Lord. I welcome you here. Welcome the angels here. That we might just encounter heaven today. That the things in our life that keep us down, keep us from not soaring like eagles, Lord, that you would lift those things, that you would show us, that you'd help us to examine our hearts honestly so that we can soar like eagles, that we can rise above, that we can be the people that you've made us to be, that you purposed us to be, that you created in our mother's wombs and you wrote all those days of ours in a book, Lord, in your book, and that we would be those people. We pray you encourage us today in Jesus' precious name. And we all said, Amen. I want to carry on the message about uh, lifting the lid, and Philip went through quite a few points last week about how we can lift our lid, and I do apologise, something happened in the technology that um, I think the stick got pulled out without saving it, so uh, if you'd want the notes, we can forward those, but there is no um, message on SoundCloud for those who are wondering why there was no sermon, but I believe it's all good today. Amen? Yes. All right, so we are being called to to actually lead. And whether you think you're a leader or not, um, if you're part of God's family, then you're part of his church. And the, and the word church is actually ecclesia, which means to govern. So you are the church. You actually, we're called to govern. We're called to influence. We are called to be leaders. We're called to be world changers. And we're called to make a difference. Matthew chapter 28 is the great commission. It's one of the last things Jesus said before he um, went up into heaven. And he said, Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe, observe all things that I have commanded you. So we're actually called to lead. We're called to go out. We're called to teach. We're called to make a difference. So when we talk about lifting our lid and we talk about leaders, we're actually talking about all of us because we all lead somewhere or can lead and make an inf- be an influence somewhere in our lives, whether it's in our home, whether it's with our children, our grandchildren, our nieces, our friends group, our university, our schools, our workplaces. We are called to be influencers. It says, go therefore into all the world and make disciples. How do you make a disciple? By influencing and leading. So today I don't want you to switch off when I talk about leading because we're all called to be leaders. We're all called to be disciples. It's just not the pastor's job or the leaders or the elders. It's you and the person next to you. It says, go therefore into all the world and make disciples. And to make a disciple, you have to influence that person that you're reaching out to. Imagine if everybody did that. I know a few, a few months back we actually did a chart of if just you reached out and disciple one person and led them to know Jesus, if you did that and then they did that to somebody and they did that to somebody, it would be thousands of people would be influenced and changed. And we get a little bit lazy and we go, yes, that's fantastic, but who are you actually discipling? Who are you discipling? Who are you influencing? You know, we can get so busy that we don't actually think about who are we influencing for good? Because it's actually quite easy to be a bad influence if you just don't deal with your stuff. But who are we influencing to good? And that's what I want to talk about today. If you've got your Bibles or phones or whatever, you can turn with me to Matthew chapter 5. 
Matthew chapter 5. And verse 13, it says, You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to throw an out and trampled underfoot by men. Verse 14 says, You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but put it on a lampstand and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Jesus actually wants us to go and he wants us to be a light and he wants us to be an influence and uh, for good. And it's the question I want us to be asking when we're talking about lifting your lid is how much influence do each of us have? How much influence do each of us ha have? Because when a person has much influence, much can be accomplished. When a person has a lot of influence, they can accomplish a lot. And your impact increases as your influence increases. If you want to make an impact in where you are or in your home life and wherever you are, is, is that you want to impact for good, then you have to have greater impact, influence. You have to increase your effectiveness for influence. Do you understand that? You're getting that little... Because that's really what, what lifting our lid is all about. Because if we feel like we're not having influence, well, the thing is to lift our lid, to lift our capacity, to lift our effectiveness. Now, Joshua and Caleb is a really, really good example of people who, who wanted to have an influence but didn't seem to be able to. You'll find their story in Numbers chapter 14 and verses 6 to 10. They'd gone out, the 10 spies had gone out, and they were, they were one of the, you know, two of the 10 spies, and they'd gone out. They'd caught to the promised land. They'd come out of Egypt. God had done all these miracles. They'd parted, you know, the ocean. God had done all this thing. And they came, and they were ready to go into the promised land. And here they sent out the spies to this land. And, ten, and you know, some of the spies, they came back and said, oh, no, no, there's big guys over there, and we feel like little grasshoppers, and it's not a good land to go. We're going to get wiped out. But Joshua and Caleb actually said, no. This is a land flowing with milk and honey. We can take God is for us. Who can be against us? We can take them on. Our enemies are nothing because God's power is with us. And they wanted to go. But they, they may have been obedient to God. They may have heard the vision. They may have said, yes, this is it. But you know what? Their influence was not strong enough to influence the other spies or the rest of the Israelites. So much so their influence wasn't that they wanted to actually stone them. The rule is right. Sarah's standing going, yes, God is for us. Look what he's done. And they're like, no, we don't want to hear. Do you know, it's really important for us to understand that because obedience to God is important, but if it's not enough to take others on the trip with you, you don't have enough influence. You don't have enough influence. And if you go, well, I, you know, I, I, I try to disciple people, but I just don't seem to be able to get them to respond. Or I, you know, I don't make, nobody really knows I'm even a Christian in my workplace or all those things. And it's like, well, if you're feeling like this, that is your lid. Joshua and Caleb realized they had a lid where they could not influence those around them, that they were ready to kill them because they didn't want to hear. They may have been influences in their tribe, but it didn't go further than that. You may be influences in your family or in your roommates or, a certain, or, you know, or your little cluster of workmates, but if you can't influence further than that and you don't feel like you're getting anywhere, that's your lid. And that's what we're talking about is how do we lift our lid? Well, the first thing is recognising you've got one. 
The first thing is recognizing you've got one. Um, Joshua discovered the law of the lid. As to reach the highest level of effectiveness, you have to raise the lid one way or another, or you just stand still. And looks can be very deceiving. Sometimes we look at people and we assume that they have everything to have a successful life. And uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about Saul and David because they're a really good example of what happens when you do lift your lid and what happens when you don't. Now Saul, when you looked at him, the people um, of Israel asked for a king. And you'll find the story in 1 Samuel chapter 9. And God gave them Saul... And everyone expected him to be this great, mighty, awesome leader. But it wasn't long before he let them down. Um, He discredited himself and his leadership, and God chose a new leader, um, David, who he said was a man after his own heart. So why did Saul fail as king while David, who appeared to be weaker, had great success? Because Saul didn't push through the law of the lid. He didn't push through his weaknesses. Well, David tried to become a better man and a better leader and had many lid-lifting experiences, Saul's attitude let him down. He had a bad attitude. You know, and they both ha- you can look at people and you can look at yourselves and think, well, I don't have as much as somebody else has. I don't have the, um, you know, the degree. I don't have the background. I don't have the money. I don't have the power or the influence. But you know what? David was like that. Here is Saul. He was a man who came from an influential family. He was a man who, um, he, he, his father was known as a mighty man, and he was well-known. And you read his lineage, and it's quite, you know, oh, okay, no wonder he was picked as king. And yet you look at David's line, and he was from a family of shepherds. Now, back in those times, shepherds were people who were smelling and left out and over there, and you didn't associate with them. It's cool how God kind of picks those ones that you wouldn't expect. I mean, he chose the shepherds to announce the arrival of Jesus when he arrived on earth too. But here is... David from a line of shepherds. David wasn't even invited to his family. When, when they were going to choose another king and they set Samuel the prophet out, David had lots of brothers. And they, just, they didn't even include him in the ceremony where they were going to wait and, and Samuel was going to choose a new king. They forgot about him. So he was unappreciated and disrespected a lot of the time. And, um, but he pushed through. He pushed through. Both, had, both were, had an opportunity, but one went, oh, well, I'm just going to stay the same. And David, he said, no, I'm going to push through. You know, both, both David and Saul had godly counsel. Um, Samuel spoke to both of them. David chose to listen, and Samuel would ignore advice. Both faced great, great trials. You think about it. Saul was actually the king when Goliath came out and shouted and yelled at everybody. He was there and he um, was, for 40 days, Goliath stood and yelled and screamed with him, you're all gutless wonders. And he would yell and scream, and the whole army was terrified because of it. He should, as king, Saul should have gone out and fought and led the whole army and been a great influencer and, and, you know, yes, I can do it because God is with me and remembered who he was. But, you know, he didn't. He sat there and did nothing and he actually hid in his tent. This little shepherd boy comes out and he comes up and he says, well, I'll fight him. I've been flying wild animals out in the, in the, well, I've been a shepherd and I'll fight him. And they just laughed at him and said, you can't do that. You're just a shepherd. You're just a teenage boy. You know, so 
And, and he says, no, I can do this. I've been practicing. I've been killing lions and, and bear, bears. Yes. <laughs> and I've been, I've been winning. So I have, I have been practicing. God has been preparing me for this. You know, David, he took every opportunity and he said, I'm going to lift my lid. I may have never been in a battle. I may have never put on armor, but I'm going to lift my lid here because I know that God did that for me over there. So I'm going to take the opportunity. You know, people who lead, people who are influenced, when an opportunity comes their way, they grab it. And we can say all along, oh, well, um, when something comes up or when I have an opportunity to share, when I have an opportunity to step up in my workplace, when I have an opportunity to, to you know, be a, be a better person, then I'll do it. But you know what? If you're constantly waiting and never preparing, you're going to miss that opportunity when it comes. When opportunity came for David to step up, he took it. You know, when, when the lion came running to get one of his sheep, he, should have just, he could have just sat back and went, oh, well, it's just one sheep. It's my dad's. It doesn't matter. Most people would have, you know. He's out in the middle in the, of the, de- you know, the wilderness with the sheep and a lion comes. What would you do? I think of, <laughs> you know, but he didn't. He took the, He went. No, hang on a minute. God is with me. That's my job. And because he was starting to be a man like that, when the big opportunity came, he had been prepared. When things, when you want to lift your lid, you take advantage of every little thing. Because then, when something big comes up, it's like, oh, I've been prepared for this. It's not, life doesn't just happen in one big. Blast! It's little opportunities, step by step, and a process. And you know, David is a really great example of how you can lift your lid because he took the opportunities and he allowed God to prepare him. And he just kept on saying, yes, I can do that. Yes, I can do that. Yes, I can do that. And too often, we stay the way we are and we stay average and we stay the status quo and we don't step up into the people that God has created us to be because we keep on saying, no. It's one of the first words you learn as a child, no. And we keep saying no. Well, you know what? God wants us to be a people who say, yes, yes, I can do this. I can do all things through God who strengthens me. I can do this because I am created. I have the power of the Most High God flowing through me. I have the DNA of God in me, and I can do this. Yes, I will try. I might fall down, but I'll get back up again. God wants us to be those type of people, not these people that go and hide in their tent. Saul lost his kingship because he kept on saying no. He kept on not dealing with his weaknesses. He was fearful. He was deceitful. He was jealous. He had all these things. And you know why he lost his kingship? Because he wouldn't deal with his lid. His lid was weakness of character. He he didn't want to deal with it. But David, David, even though he had some major character flaws... He lusted after another man's wife, bathing out on the rooftop, went over and got, you know, said, come over and see me, babe. Slept with her, got her pregnant. His, her, the woman, Bathsheba's husband was out fighting for David. And, you know, he was the leader of the army. Brought him back, said, sleep with your wife, so, you know, cover his sin up. And the man was such a man of honour, he said, I'm going to sleep outside at the doorstep because I'm not going to go off and sleep with my wife and have a nice evening when my men are out fighting. Bummer, that didn't work. Can't cover it up. And so you know what David did? Know what he did? He sent him out and he said to his other commanders-in-chief, put him out on the front line. 
When the next battle comes, put him out of the front line and he got killed. Wow, that was a huge lid. But what did David do? When Saul messed up and did the wrong thing, he just ignored the prophet when he came and said, actually, you're doing the wrong thing. And you see in the account of Saul where he offered a burnt offering to God and was disobedient and um, he was rebuked. There was no record of Saul's sorrow or repentance. When Nathan, who was the next prophet, came along and he pinned he pinned David. He said, you have sinned. You have taken a mother's man's wife. You could have had any woman, and you had to take that one, who was another man's wife. Then you killed the, the man off and sent him to his death, and he confronted him. You know what David did? He was sorrowful and repented. David's law, lid was that he was, that he was able to push through, is that he'd worked on his character. He was never afraid to admit his shortcomings and he asked for God's forgiveness and blessing and to improve himself. It's a reason that the lid on his life kept getting lifted higher and higher. If you want to reach our potential and be the all that God has created us to be, then we need to lift the lids on our life. And I want to ask us today, who are we more like today, Saul or David? It's a hard question because we don't like to look at our inner life sometimes. But who are we more like, Saul or David? Are we working on the weaknesses of our character? Do we know that sometimes we're jealous, that we're deceitful, that we're not somebody who is dependable? Are we know that we um, have fears and anxieties in our life and we're just saying, oh, well, that's just there, let's not deal with that. It's too easy to go through life not being the full potential of who God created us to be. And that's why God puts it in his word. He's like, look at these people's life and learn from them. And he speaks to us from them. So everyone has lids. You're not perfect. And everyone has lids. Nobody is born without them. And they don't just disappear when a person receives a title or achieves a position or is invested with power. The issue is not whether you have a lid. The issue is what are you going to do about them? It's not whether you've got them, because everybody's got them. Some of us are better at hiding them than others, but everybody has lids. That's not the issue. It's what are you going to do about your lids? And, and, you know, sometimes we can be a little bit like Saul, who, when he was picked up by Samuel on being disobedient, and, you know, he was more concerned with keeping up appearances. It's actually written in Scripture in 1 Samuel chapter 15. It says, Um, I have sinned, I've messed up, you're going to take the kingship away from me, but please honour me now before the elders of my people and before Israel. He had messed up, but he was more concerned about what somebody else might think about him than he was about what God had to say about him. And that was his downfall. And it can so easily be our downfall as we're so worried about what everybody else is thinking about us that we miss what God is trying to do on the inside of us. And even when God rejected Saul as king, he, was, he wasn't so concerned about what God was saying. He's, oh, well, yes, I have sinned, but please just honour me so these people don't think badly of me. Too easy to worry about what everybody else is thinking, and that is a major lid. And we've got to flick that one off and say, you know what? It's more important what God says about me and who he says I am. Because when you get that lid off, you'll keep on going higher. David, he danced before the Lord stripped down to his underwear. Because he didn't give a stuff what anybody else thought. His wife even laughed at him. 
We've got to get past that lid of worrying all the time. In our culture, it's a shocker, of worrying all the time what everybody else thinks. We've got to be the person that God created us to be and saw through that lid and kick it out of the way, reaching higher and higher until we, you know, we're just kicking butt. We're just being the person that God wanted us to be. And because people don't remove their lids, you know, you miss out. We miss out on opportunities. And you'll see that in your own life if you look back sometimes. You go, I missed it there. If I'd taken that and just said yes, what would God have done? And you know what? Life is too short to keep on looking back and seeing all the mess-ups and all this mountain of regret. God wants to remove the mountain of regret and go lift your lids. Be honest about who you are and where you're at and lift that lid off so that you don't have to look back at your life and have all these regrets. You know, he's a God of second chances. And I love the story of Joshua and Caleb because it's so encouraging. When we feel like we've missed it, where our lid kept us in place, you know, Joshua and Caleb, they didn't have enough influence to lead their families to the promised land. And they died in the desert. Now, they could have gone, oh, well, we failed. But they didn't. No, they didn't do that. They stayed faithful and they kept talking the vision. And even when all these other people were dying off because they, wouldn't, they, they had to die off so the new generation could go through, they kept to the vision and they worked on being better leaders. They worked on being more influential. And you know what? You know who led them into the promised land? Joshua. And Caleb, he said, you give me this land and I'm going to take it. They were mighty men, but they didn't start out being great influences. They had a lid. And they went, you know what? We're not going to let go. We know what God has called us to do. We know that he's called us to this land, and we've got to keep on lifting our lid. And so they say, for 40 years, they worked on that lid. They hung around Moses. Joshua would go in after Moses had been hanging out with God, and he'd hang outside, and he'd wait just to be in the presence of God so he could, he could just learn from the mighty man of God. He'd learn from Moses. You know, God will surround us with people who can help us lift our lids. Moses is one of those men for Joshua. And Joshua spotted him and said, you know what? You're going to help me lift my lids. Sometimes we have lids that we can't just do by ourselves. So get around somebody who can help you lift your lid. And God will show you. He'll show you. That's a lid lifter there. You hang out with them. They'll encourage you. They'll mentor you. They'll they'll speak good things into your life. They'll help you to be the person that you are created to be. And too often we want to do it just, oh, no, I'm all right. I'll do it by myself. And we let pride get in the way. We all need people. And there's always somebody who can teach us something. As Philip said last week, there's an amazing man, Cyril Pritchard, and he would go into the Bible college student when the students were giving their first sermons in Bible college, and he would sit there and write notes. Because he recognised that everybody can teach you something. That's a lid lifter. That's somebody who just keeps on lifting lids because he recognised that people can teach you something. Little children can teach you a heap. They can teach you a lot. So how do we raise our lids? Well, first you've got to acknowledge that you recognise what lids you have in your life. What lids do you have in your life? David lifted the lids for himself first. His life demonstrates a practice of demanding personal improvement first. He was constantly working on improving himself. And when he came up to something and he was faced with something, you can see through his life that he chose to deal with it. 
He chose to deal with this stuff. His attitude towards Goliath was, even though he never fought in battle, David used his previous experience. Draw on what you already know and go, you know what? God's done that. He can do this. You know, he'd used, learned to use a sling and he'd faced attacks by wild animals and he grew from those experiences. And when he faced the lid of his inexperience in warfare, he went, I can do this. I can do this. And he actually lifted the lid for those around him. When you start to lift your lid, you know what happens? You influence those around you. They'll say, you know what? That's cool. I can do that too. That all the men that have been sitting there for... You want me to keep going? Yeah. Um, when, when for 40 days, when the army had been sitting there trembling in their boots because Saul wouldn't get off his butt, they, um, they sat there and didn't do anything. And his brothers actually had a go at David. And so what he did when he killed Goliath is all that army suddenly had their lid lifted for them too. When you start to lift your lid, it lifts others. It lifts them so know that they can have influence, that they have potential, and it starts to affect others. And that's the power of lifting the lid, is that you can actually influence others for good too. And boy, that is worth it. When you see you are growing in your personal development and it has a rollover effect to somebody else. And he changed a whole nation because he chose to lift his lid. You having fun there? <laughs> um, so to grow as a person or grow as an organisation or a business or your family, you must develop personally. You actually have to choose to lift your lid. Okay, it's a little distracting. All right. <laughs> so I just want to be transparent for a minute because, you know, everybody has lids. And I ask God, I've been, I've been re- kind of just asking the Lord how to be more influential and how to, to just be a better leader and be a person of greater influence. And God will show you what your lid is. It can be a little bit ouch, ouch. You know, what is my lid? And we all like to think we're doing okay and, oh, you know, I'm all right. But if you are really honest and you go, what, God, what is my lid? Because we've all got them. There we go. Woohoo. What's my lid? <laughs> because if we are looking at that, what is my lid? When an opportunity comes, you're going to be ready for it. And so I asked the Lord, what are my lids are? <laughs> there you go. Woohoo. And he knows us, and he'll let you know. So I encourage you this week to go, God, what is my lid? Maybe as you're sitting here, you already know what your lid is. Some, you know, we have lots, you know, more than one usually, but God is gracious with us, and he'll show you what we need to work on. So I asked the Lord, what's my lid? And he said, you're inconsistent. I went, oh, that's a little harsh. And he says, you're inconsistent. And then he listed where I'm inconsistent to me. I wrote it down. It's like, oh, that's that's harsh. But you know what? When I started to examine my life, I went, yeah, you know what? I am inconsistent. God often says something to me, and I'll start doing it, and then I'll get tired, and I'll stop. Or I'll get discouraged, and I'll stop. Or I'll get too busy, and I'll stop. And as he said, you're inconsistent. And there's this little saying that says, through consistency lies the power. Through being consistent, there is great power. You know, you can start setting goals and don't stick to it. Or God speaks and too often we lack persistence and give up. 
So my lid is inconsistency. So you know what I do? I have to focus on being consistent. In every area of my life, I look and say, am I being consistent here? That's my lid. So if I want to lift it, I take the opportunity to constantly be consistent. If I start something, I make myself stick to it. If I'm meant to be doing something, I make myself do it. So I get out of bed in the morning and I do those crazy sit-ups and crunches and planks. Why? Because I want to be toned and not feel flabby. I'm not the only one, I'm sure. Do you remember we make these goals, don't we? And especially if you fill up, he gets us all to write goals for the year and then we write them down. Yes, but, it, but it's our inconsistency, that lid. And I'm not the only one, I'm sure, that has a lid of inconsistency. But you know what? Through being consistency lies the power for change, lies the power for influence, lies the power to actually be the person that God says we can be. And I was looking going, okay, this makes sense. And, you know, and then he started to show me what happens when you are consistent. You know, consistently allows for measurement. It creates accountability establishes reputation, makes you relevant and maintains your message. If you're constantly inconsistent in what you're saying and you're never sticking to something, then it can, you know, people aren't going to listen. Or you, get into, you start to do something and you start to build relationships and you go, oh, I'm too busy to meet this week. Or I'm too busy to pray this week. Or I'm too busy to do this. And boy, you know, if, if the devil can't get us sinning, he'll get us too busy. Yeah? If we were more consistent with our prayer life, we were more consistent with our exercise, we were more consistent with the choice of the food we stick in our mouth, if we're more consistent with talking and sharing, when we say, look, that is my person, that God wants me to be an influencer and a world changer, if we're more consistent with meeting them for coffee and not letting the world get in our way, you know what? We'd have greater influence and our effectiveness would increase and we would be a lid lifter. Not just our lids being lifted, but their lid being lifted. There is people that need us to lift our lid. It's not just about us, it's always about other people as well. And if we constantly just stay in the average status quo lazy bums, because that's where it's at, if we can't be bothered lifting our lid saying, well, I'm just happy it being me, you know what? That's actually quite selfish because there's people that need us to lift our lids to make a difference in their world. And so God pinged me. He said, you're inconsistent. You start to do things and you run out of energy. And so I've been working on being the opposite. When God shows you something, he'll show you the power to what you have to do and he'll give you the strength. If you're serious, he'll give you the strength to do it because he says, I'll give you the strength if, you can, if you're serious. What we are is what we repeatedly do. We are what we repeatedly do. So what do we repeatedly do? You know, consistency nurtures discipline. We can stick to things. Commitment and habit and trust. You be somebody who is dependable. That's a lid lifter. So what is the lid that you have to lift? How aware of you are the various of your various lids in your life and what is your attitude about them. It's too easy to just get comfortable. It's a bit like the frog who gets put in the water and it's cold when it goes on the stove and then it just gets hotter and hotter and it'll boil to death. It's too easy for us to be like that where we just, you know, 
just sitting there letting things be the status quo and not being bothered about stuff, you know what? And some of those things will destroy what God wants to do in our life because we won't deal with them. We're like, well, that's who I am. I'm tired. I don't want to change anymore. I just want to be comfortable. And I get that because I love to be comfortable, you know? I love to be comfortable. I mean, good on us all for getting out of bed this morning and coming to church because it's much more comfortable in my flannelette jammies with my bed socks on, with the electric blanket snuggled down in bed, isn't it? But we lifted our lids and got ourselves to church this morning. Yeah? So it's good for us to be uncomfortable because it makes us people who keep on growing and keep on lifting our lids. So I want to encourage you this week to have an honest look, an honest look at what your lid is. And I don't care how old you are, If you're still on the planet, God has work to do in you and through you. I don't care how young you are, God can still use you. If he can use David, a forgotten about, unappreciated, and, you know, not a mighty man, if he can use him to change a whole nation, then he can use you. Don't say, well, I'm too young. You know, God is using children less than 12 years old. They are going through hospitals in Argentina, groups of them, praying for the sick, and they're all going home. And, they ha- and their little teams, nobody can be over 12. God can use a little child. He can use somebody immature in their years. You know, he can use whoever he wants to if we'll put our lives in his hands and say, I want to be somebody you can use. You know, this is like a story, I'll just finish with the story of this lady in a nursing home. And she, she um, was like, God, I'm old, I'm a little bit decrepit, I'm sitting here in a nursing home, what can I do? But she had a phone. And you know what she did? She decided, God spoke to her, she decided that she would go through the phone book from A to Z and she would ring every person, every name under each, each letter And she would ring them and she would share that Jesus loved them and share the gospel. You know what? She ended up getting hundreds and hundreds of people saved because she said, I may have a lid, but I'm going to lift it. I can still do something. I'm still breathing. I'm going to lift that lid of what my physical ability is, where I'm positioned, my money, and I'll do what I can do. So don't tell me that you can't do anything or tell me that you can't be bothered because if an old lady in a nursing home can lift a lid, so can we. Are you breathing? Have you got a pulse? Are you moving? You don't even have to move. You just have to be able to talk. Let's lift our lids and change who we are because you know what? You know deep down that you want to be the person God wants you to be, who you created and made us to be. And it's not just us. It's those around you that you will be an influencer, that you will be mighty men and women. That's what God wants for us. So you look at your life and go, yes, yes, I'm somebody that actually can make a difference because that's what God wants. That's what God wants. He wants you to look in the mirror and go, yes, you are an influencer. You're a world changer. Well done. Well done. Amen? Let's pray together. Lord, I thank you that you are so awesome, that you look at us and even though we may feel plebeian, bumps on logs and not very attractive sometimes, Lord, that you look at us and say, you can do all things.
that you can make a difference. Lord, I pray this week as we examine our hearts and we examine the lids in our own lives, Lord, even now as you've spoken to us, some of us already know what they are. Lord, that you would encourage us, that you'd show us where we can make changes, where we can modify things, where we need to say yes instead of no, where we need to deal with some issues. Lord, I pray that you would help us in that process by your Holy Spirit. Lord, I pray that you would push us out of our comfort zones so that we are uncomfortable until we deal with stuff. Lord, that we would continually be growing. Help us to be more consistent. Help us to stick to things. Help us to be honest so that we're like David and not Saul and be all that you created us to be. I pray lift lids in this place, Lord. Lift lids for all those who are listening by the power of your Holy Spirit and the grace that you give us and the empowering that you give us that we can do it in your strength. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen.